Smoking gun evidence, COVID was man-made in the Wuhan lab, a Trump indictment update, China Biden, pornography for kids, and much more on today's Unite American show. For those of you watching, you'll notice I'm not in the basement bunker this week. We're visiting our newest granddaughter in Alabama, so the lighting and the sound is not optimal. My apologies. I'm going to present you with smoking gun evidence that COVID was a man-made virus that leaked or was released from a lab in Wuhan, China, and that the development of this virus was gain-of-function research paid for with your and my tax dollars by the NIH, the National Institutes of Health. And because of this, we have unequivocal proof that Tony Fauci and other U.S. government officials are lying to Americans about the origins of COVID and the roles they played in what is one of the greatest frauds ever perpetrated on the world. Because of Freedom of Information Act requests, or FOIA requests, we now have available to us a notice of award of a grant on May 27, 2014 by the National Institutes of Health. Specifically, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. The grant was given to EcoHealth Alliance, and it was for $666,442. The title of the grant was Understanding the Risk of Bat Coronavirus Emergence. In the project narrative section of the grant, it reads, Most emerging human viruses come from wildlife, and these represent a significant threat to global public health and biosecurity, as demonstrated by the SARS coronavirus pandemic of 2002 to 2003 and an ongoing SARS-like epidemic in the Middle East. This project seeks to understand what factors allow animal coronaviruses to evolve and jump into the human population by studying virus diversity in a critical group of animals, in parentheses, bats, at sites of high risk for emergence, in parentheses, wildlife markets, in an emerging disease hotspot, in parentheses, China. Remember, this grant was granted, was given in May of 2014. The grant goes on, under facilities and other resources are listed, EcoHealth Alliance, New York, USA, and in parentheses, Peter Daszak, who we talked about in last week's episode, East China Normal University, Shanghai, China, Wuhan Institute of Virology, Wuhan, China. Now, in last week's episode, episode number one of the United American Show, I talked somewhat about Peter Daszak's role in the COVID fraud. It's at 31 minutes and 32 seconds in episode one, if you haven't watched or listened to that episode. Now in this same document on pages 161 to 162, there is somewhat of a, a progress report and it reads, in collaboration with Ralph Barrick, in parentheses UNC for University of North Carolina, we use the SARS-CoV reverse genetic system to generate a chimeric virus with a mouse-adapted SARS-CoV-2 backbone expressing SHC014S protein with 10% sequence divergence from SARS-CoV-S. This chimera replicated in primary human airway epithelium using the human ACE2 receptor to enter into cells. Thus, SARS-R-CoVs with diverse variants of 
SL-CoVs protein without deletions in their RBD can use human ACE2 as receptor for cell entry. Please understand what this means. It's a lot of technical jargon, but a chimeric virus is a, is a, a, a virus, an animal virus is taken and its gene sequence is modified by man adding human DNA to that animal DNA. So that DNA is not mutated or evolved by any kind of natural process or natural evolution or mutation. It's actually engineered by man, or it could be called gain of function. They use genetic material from the surface of the human trachea, our airway to our lungs. And COVID, as we know, was a devastating respiratory virus that attacked Americans and the world's population's ability to breathe. What more proof does anyone need? Man-made in a lab, engineered with gain of function to attack the human respiratory system, yet the very same people who participated in developing this virus are once again telling us it naturally evolved and jumped from animals to humans. They are lying, filthy, disgusting, soulless, conscienceless, poor excuses for human beings. They are frauds and criminals. They need to be held accountable. I have a link to this document in the show notes. The show notes have links to all sources of information I refer to in the show. As I said last week, this is a tight circle of researchers who make their livings off grants from guys like Tony Fauci, sometimes lucrative livings. It's not hard to imagine how they could be pressured to say or do whatever Fauci wanted because he had such power over who got what money. We've been fed so many lies about COVID, it's impossible to list them. It seems to me these people may have evolved out of the same septic ooze of the codependent cesspool of corruption that is Washington, D.C., right alongside politicians like Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, Chuck Schumer, and Hakeem Jeffries. And China must have a substantial amount of compromising information that they are using to blackmail and extort American lawmakers and Joe Biden, who continue to give these people in China a pass on this fraud. They continue to look the other way. Let's do a quick indictment update from last week. If you didn't see last week's episode, the Trump indictment story is at 13 minutes and two seconds in that episode, which is episode number one. As I said last week, I believe the way this is being presented by Democrats and the mainstream media is a smokescreen. It's a planned process of well-timed and coordinated news stories and articles designed by Democrats and rhino Republicans to focus on a pending New York indictment when what they really want is to drag out talk of investigations and indictments until the presidential election in November 24. I don't believe those who pull the strings would allow such a risky indictment. And Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan prosecutor, isn't pulling any strings. His strings are being pulled. As we saw from the two fake impeachments and the fraudulent J6 committee hearings, the anti-Trumpers on both sides of the aisle will do anything to try to keep Donald Trump from being president again, including throwing a useful idiot like Alvin Bragg under the bus. Alvin Bragg's been used by the elite insider uniparty machine. They're now dropping what amounts to opposition research about him to news sources across the globe. And he was too narcissistic and perhaps stupid to expect it. 
He's expendable, and they just showed him. There was another interesting twist last week. Did you see it? A string of Michael Avenatti's tweets from jail? Let me read them to you. Here's the first one. Attorney Joe Tacopina is no Rudy Giuliani or Sidney Powell. The guy knows his way around a criminal courtroom. He will destroy Michael, dumb as a box of rocks, Cohen on the stand, especially seeing as Cohen publicly lied for 15 months and now won't stop talking on TV. And he leaves the end of that with a hashtag, terrible witness. Then his next tweet. There are many critical facts and pieces of evidence, and in parentheses, text, emails, etc., relating to the hush money scandal that have yet to see the light of day. And they will unfortunately be very damaging to the prosecution if Trump stands trial. At this point, you simply can't build a case on the testimony of Cohen and Daniels. His third tweet goes on, I have been consistent for five years. Never underestimate the ability of Michael Cohen to screw something up by engaging in stupidity, lies, and sheer, excuse the expression, fuckery. Never. And then he ends it with the hashtag zero, not hero. And then his final tweet, rule. If you have to meet with a witness over 20 times to get to the alleged facts and the truth, run. Because you've got yourself a terrible witness who can't be trusted and might just crater your career and your reputation. I'm not a big Michael Avenatti fan, but all of this is true and further reinforces my belief that there will be no indictment of Donald Trump out of New York soon. And that's not necessarily a good thing because it allows the corrupt Uniparty, working hand in glove with the corrupt mainstream media, to keep the insinuation of criminal wrongdoing by President Trump, a declared candidate for president in 2024, on the front page everywhere they can. And why is this bad? We'll talk about the mainstream media's influence and impact on America's disengaged voters, what I call unenlightened voters, and what that means for those of us who love America in the next segment. But first, please subscribe to the Unite American Show on Rumble or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to give us a like where you can, and please join our email list at unite.gfiohio.com. That's unite.gfiohio.com. And follow me on Twitter at mpukita. That's at M-P-U-K-I-T-A. Over 80% of Americans are somewhat or completely disengaged from political goings-on in the country. This according to a 2018 study titled Hidden Tribes, a study of America's polarized landscape. As the disengaged and unenlightened, they tend to only consume information about politics that comes to them. And the outlets most Americans trust for this information are predominantly left-leaning and very left-leaning outlets. The other 20% or so of Americans, in the report it's actually shown as 16%, do a deeper dive when it comes to politics. They are active in political discussions and arguments on social media and only trust sources they research and handpick, regardless of whether those sources are truthful, honest, or factual. They are neither persuadable nor willing to change their minds. These people make up almost all Twitter users who actively tweet about politics. Twitter is an echo chamber and battleground for the 16%.
the 80% are where those of us who want to achieve a level of national unity need to focus our efforts. Here's why that's so critical. It's where that 80% gets their political news. In a YouGov America economist study from March 22 titled Trust in Media 2022, where Americans get their news and who they trust for information, we see a listing of news and information sources used by Americans and their level of trust in those sources. Those with positive credibility from high to low are the Weather Channel, the BBC, Public Broadcasting Service or PBS, the Wall Street Journal, CBS, the Associated Press, National Public Radio or NPR, Reuters, the Washington Post, ABC, The Guardian, NBC, The New York Times, USA Today, and Time Magazine. There was one outlet with neutral credibility. That's Newsweek. Those with negative credibility were Max, CNN, One American News or OAN, MSNBC, Fox News, and Breitbart. This from the report. The most politically polarizing media outlet is CNN. Nearly two-thirds of Democrats, 66%, rate CNN as trustworthy, compared to 11% of Republicans, a 55-point difference, larger than for any outlet. The second-largest partisan difference, 49 points, is for news coming from the New York Times. 63% of Democrats trust the outlet, whereas 14% of Republicans do. It goes on. Democrats, generally, are more trusting of any mainstream news outlet. The exception is Fox News, which 53% of Republicans trust, compared to 19% of Democrats. Republican trust in Fox News is down slightly from when we asked in 2020, 57%, and the share of Democrats who trust it is up slightly from 15%. So, Fox News is becoming more trusted by Democrats and less trusted by Republicans. Many Republicans, and I count myself in this group, feel Fox has started to drift or maybe even sprint to the left. These numbers would support that perception. Continuing, the report says, Republicans are also more trusting than Democrats of other right-leaning news outlets such as Newsmax, Breitbart, and One American News. While Newsmax and Breitbart were not polled about by YouGov in our 2020 poll, that survey indicates that Republican trust in OAN has risen six points from 24% in the last two years. Why is knowing this and responding to it so very important? The outlets most Americans trust for this information are predominantly left-leaning and very left-leaning outlets. We know this intrinsically, but we need to focus on it if we're ever going to take our country back. And social media, especially Facebook and Twitter, isn't an answer. Here's why. Those of us working to take back our country from you to party insiders and the corrupt ecosystem that feeds them are often communicating and often shouting into an echo chamber. Where do we shout? Patriot group meetings? Sure. Protests, flotillas, car drags, and sine waves? Sure. But we mostly communicate on social media, specifically Twitter and Facebook, 
And both of those are echo chambers for a couple of reasons. First, we each decide who our communication circle is on those platforms. We friend or follow, and we can mute and block. We curate our audience, and for the most part, that's an echo chamber. We're mostly talking to or screaming at like-minded friends and followers. Second, only a small part of American voters participate in political discussions on Facebook and Twitter. Per Statista and Hootsuite, 52% of Americans use Twitter. However, from the Hootsuite blog, 23% of users say most of their tweets are political. Almost half, 45% of Americans, say they have tweeted about a political or social issue in the last 12 months. But for 23% of the user base, political tweets are a lifestyle. A study analyzing the content of over 1 million tweets found approximately one-third, or 33%, are political in nature. So do the math. 23% of 52% is about 12%. The study of tribalism referenced earlier says about 14% of Americans are so solidly cemented in their ideology and beliefs, no amount of facts or evidence will cause them to change their views, even if those views are factually incorrect. I contend that 12% from the Twitter user survey and the 14% from the tribalism study are the echo chamber audience we curate for ourselves on Facebook and Twitter. Even if we expand this number to include 20%, we have 80% of the US public who are not very active politically. Some are apathetic. Some are watchers and lurkers but remain silent because of cancel culture. They're afraid to speak up because they fear retribution that could cost them their jobs, their relationships, and maybe their lives. I feel this 80% are the backbone of America. I'm about uniting this 80% or so who love this country, or at least don't hate America, are caring, compassionate, and honest, and have some semblance of common sense and critical thinking skills. From a Pew Research report, Democrats are more likely than Republicans to use Twitter. Around a third of Democrats and Democrat-leaning independents, 32%, report using Twitter, 15 percentage points more than the share of Republicans and Republican leaners who say the same, 17%. Also, U.S. adults under 30 are more likely than older Americans to use Twitter. Some 42% of adults aged 18 to 29 say they use it, compared with just 7% of those 65 years and older, a difference of 35 points. The report goes on. A minority of Twitter users produce the vast majority of tweets. Among U.S. adults who use Twitter, the top 25% of users by tweet volume produce 97% of all tweets, while the bottom 75% of users produce just 3%, according to an analysis conducted over a three-month period in 2021. While it can't hurt to be active on Twitter and Facebook, we must find ways of reaching the 80% of unenlightened voters who aren't using Twitter and Facebook as a source for political information. The only way I see to do this is to communicate with each other, one-on-one, -on -one, and to tell the truth. The truth will truly set us free. You may have noticed the tagline for the show is, Unity Without Truth is Conspiracy. Maybe like you, I'm sick of being constantly lied to by the media, by elected officials, by bureaucrats, by academics, by large corporations, seemingly by everyone. 
I hope you'll share this podcast with people who agree with us philosophically, but more importantly, those who don't. We've got to find a way to reach the people who are unenlightened, that 80%. The only way we're going to do this is through one-on-one communication. We'll explore more actionable items in upcoming episodes of the United American Show. Our president's making the U.S. the laughingstock of the world. I've never been sure how much it matters what other countries think of our elected officials if they know not to mess with us. This assumed we had a strong, seasoned, trained, and lethal military. I fear this is not the case today, but that's for another day. Last Friday, Joe Biden accidentally commended China instead of Canada while praising the nation's stance on migration. Biden made the gaffe during a speech at the Canadian Parliament in Ottawa while he was discussing U.S. immigration policies. Biden flubbed while members of Canadian Parliament laughed. Here's that embarrassing part of his address. So today, I applaud China for stepping up. Excuse me, I applaud Canada. You can tell what I'm thinking. His abject feebleness speaks for itself. I have a favor to ask of all of you. I feel strongly we need to unify Americans without sacrificing our values. One way to do this is to stop name-calling and the use of pejoratives to describe those who don't agree with our grassroots USA First agenda, at least until they use them first. This is hard, I know. It's hard for me. I'm not without sin in many regards, but especially this one. So please think twice before you use terms like libtard or demon rat. Let them attack you personally. Do your best to attack their ideas, their bad ideas, their bad policies, their flawed logic. And if you fire back, try to only do so after being fired upon. The left accuses Republicans of wanting to ban books when we ask that pornographic or sexually explicit content not be available to our children for access in places like public school classrooms and libraries. They call us racist, transphobic, homophobic. Of course, this is a lie, and they are sick wanting this material in front of our kids. Many parents have taken to reading from these books at school board meetings during public participation. Some have ironically been reprimanded by school boards for reading vulgar or profane materials at meetings, yet they're okay with these very same materials being available to our kids. I want to start reading for you out of some of these books and give you links to lists of them to allow you to work to get this vile filth out of our schools. Check the show notes for links. One of these books is titled The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison from the book. When she senses some spasm about to grip him, she will make rapid movements with her hips, press her fingernails into his back, suck in her breath, and pretend she is having an orgasm. She might wonder again for the 600th time what it would be like to have that feeling while her husband's penis is inside her. The closest thing to it was the time she was walking down the street and her napkin slipped free of her sanitary belt. It moved gently between her legs as she walked, gently, ever so gently, and then a slight and distinctly delicious sensation collected in her crotch. As the delight grew, she had to stop in the street, 
hold her thighs together to contain it. That must be what it is like, she thinks, but it never happens while he is inside her. When he withdraws, she pulls her nightgown down, slips out of the bed and into the bathroom with relief. I don't know how any normal human adult could want this kind of trash available to children. Anyone who does is a child abuser. Please start to research and share information like this. Links are in the show notes. Have you noticed the heightened activity both on social media and in the mainstream media of those who are encouraging and amplifying the rift and back and forths between President Trump and Governor Ron DeSantis? Accounts like Bill Mitchell's dogging and dragging President Trump nonstop on Twitter? Those like Nick Adams doing the same to DeSantis? I expect sharp elbows in politics. Liars abound in the domain, but some lies are more egregious than others. Take, for example, the one being promulgated a few weeks ago, which pops up regularly, that George Soros endorsed Governor DeSantis. Here's what Soros said. My hope for 2024 is that Trump and Governor DeSantis of Florida will slug it out for the Republican nomination. Trump has turned into a pitiful figure, continually bemoaning his loss in 2020. Big Republican donors are abandoning him in droves. DeSantis is shrewd, ruthless, and ambitious. He is likely to be a Republican candidate. Uh, this could induce Trump, whose narcissism has turned into a disease, to run as a third-party candidate. That would uh, lead to a democratic landslide and force the Republican Party to reform itself. But perhaps I may be just a little bit biased. This is clearly not an endorsement of DeSantis, but an analysis of the two candidates and his normal jabs at President Trump. I have a nagging suspicion that this friction isn't only coming from the camps of the two candidates, but is being amplified and encouraged by the Uniparty and mainstream media to further divide grassroots Americans. Don't let them. I'm a Trump supporter. I believe he's the only one who can finish the swamp flushing he started. DeSantis is young. He's doing a great job in Florida. His time will come. Even if you're like me, do me a massive favor. Please call out anyone you see or hear spreading this lie. Let's not help our opponents by eating our own. Finally today, have you seen the video from Libs of TikTok, the social media account of Chaya Rachik, of the 13-year-old drag queen jumping, twerking, and bouncing all over the stage, dressed in patent leather and high heel boots, letting it all hang out in front of adults? I have a question for y'all. Do you think if it were a 13-year-old girl dressed the same way, moving the same way, in front of the same audience, that this would be acceptable? If not, why is it okay for a 13-year-old boy impersonating a girl to do this? It's not. 
That's our show for today. Please subscribe to the Unite American Show on Rumble or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to give us a like where you can. And please join our email list at unite.gfiohio.com. That's unite.gfiohio.com. And follow me on Twitter at mpakita. That's at M-P-U-K-I-T-A. And please remember, unity without truth is conspiracy. Stay safe. I'll see you next week.